You are listening to Masters Cast. This is Masters Cast, the first He Man and She Ra podcast, episode number 61 for February 28th, 2016. I don't know why I said it that way. <laughs> <laughs> this is. This is John Callis, also known as The Shadow. This is Katie Carty-Hiley, also known as Rainbow Bright. This is Martin Penny, also known as Wacky Martin. This is Leanne Hanna, also known as Stratosmacka. What's up? What's up, crew? Yeah. What? what? (laughs) (laughs) Miss you guys. I know. Look at that. Sometimes we get just so slacky with the podcast. It's bad. Don't be slacky. It wasn't, my, it wasn't my fault. I've been here every Sunday. Sure you have. <laughs> Talking to myself in my head, you see. Oh. How, how was your Christmas? <laughs> well, my Christmas was actually didn't happen until um, a couple weeks ago. And that's when I got the Club Grayskull Filmation style He-Man figure. That is like the most awesome action figure I have ever owned in the lifetime of John owning action figures. Wow, that's high praise. Tis the season, John. (laughs) From the box to the execution. Perfection. See, I did the like combined shipping thing, so I don't have it yet. Me too. Me too. Isn't that the suck? Yes. Oh, that is the suck. (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) Um, I actually wanted to buy another one and he sold out in 12 minutes. Wow. And, um, I mean, I, w- I feel confident I would have been able to get one, but I-, I wasn't able to get to a computer when it, you know, when it went, went on sale. Um, but so I'm really hoping they do, do a reissue. I'm hoping they do She-Ra in She-Ra packaging. I am hoping I would even, I'd even love it if they went wild and did like Skeletor packaging, like, Ooh, you know, yeah. and Horde packaging and, just take my money now uh, <laughs> type situation. Uh, so I am I am completely floored. That is great. Well, remind great. me who all is coming out this year. Um, what? Evil Lynn. Um, Evil Seed. Uh, Skeletor. <laughs> Skeletor. 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 Trapjaw. Trapjaw. Yeah, it's like all bad guys, isn't it? Well, remember they're focusing on ones to like that really are filmationized. Yeah. Uh, uh, for it. Um, and we did kind of get a filmation Tila. Well, sort uh, of. I do. <laughs> I, <laughs> you lose. I, I, I'm pretty confident that they will, they will release us a proper filmation Tila. I think. I yeah. think they know. I think they know the. <laughs> <laughs> on that one and I, I think I think they'll they'll make it right because I know I'm I'm sometimes a little curt to miss Tila but <laughs> I still want a filmation Tila and I want a proper filmation Tila so yeah I think that'll happen I am probably in the minority but my dream figure <laughs> would be uh, an animated rendition of New Adventures Skeletor and I hope that they do that. <laughs> ah. Although it is highly unlikely that they will. That would True. be pretty awesome, though. But, I'd but he has it. such great like expressions. and. <laughs> yes. I think he would lend himself really well to an animated style figure. 
Haha, me, the evil. Surely. <laughs> Timber! <laughs> but they haven't announced yet if they're going to do any She-Ra figures, right? No. Like, we're hoping, but... Well, hey, bring on Club Crystal Castle. See, that's what I'm wondering. If I mean, they're calling it Club Grayskull. That's very non-inclusive of anything Yeah, else. but I mean, I mean, to be fair, I mean, She-Ra's for the honor of Grayskull. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's yeah. true. That's true. I mean, I mean, it's Club Grayscale sounds better than like Classics 2.0, at least from a marketing standpoint. I was just annoyed that it kept changing. I didn't really care what it was, but every two months it's something different. Just decide, please. <laughs> but I guess it's at this point they have. So Club Grayscale it is. Yes. Fantastic. Love it. Subscribe to it. You can't now, but... <laughs> I would have highly recommended it months ago. And I think we did. <laughs> yes. So... Absolutely we did. Yeah. How would we have not have? It's the best, John. Yes. The best. <laughs> the best. <laughs> was there actually a controversy with his ankles or was that just a few people that didn't like that? Um, I think it's just, yeah, not a lot of people. I, I don't know. I've seen I've seen pluses and minuses on the ankles. Um, uh situation there um i don't know i think there's never going to be that perfect perfect 100 percent figure that we all love but I, I think the effort on this was like fantastic awesome so i'm gonna keep i'm gonna keep positive uh, on that train of thought did um did any of you buy the thundercat sub oh nope uh, no i did not the the one figure that i wanted was the mumra and he was the exclusive <laughs> see and I was yeah like, i don't really want the rest of the subscription <laughs> yeah so i didn't get it <laughs> I did buy the Thundercats subscription. Wait, wait, I... wait. Wait, wait, wait. The yes. Thundercats hater of Master. Can I tell you? What? Can I tell you? The other night, I got a text from John out of the blue that said, so I'm watching Thundercats. <laughs> and I was, I'm giving Thundercats another chance. And I was so happy. Leanne has wanted this for a long time. And so here's my, for those who don't know, here's my brief history with Thundercats. You I hate did, it. I hate it. <laughs> I hate Thundercats. I I tried. I remember seeing it as a child, and I was just like, nope, nope, uh, not thinking. Yuck. Or no, I was thinking. Yuck. <laughs> okay. So so then, flash forward to it being on Cartoon Network. I I was like, uh, and not the new Thundercats, right? The old Thundercats being reran on Cartoon Network. Mm -hmm. um, I tried to watch it. And I was just like, this is deplorable. This is just bad. <laughs> this is bad. They are just, this is stupid. This is, this is He-Man with cats. What a ripoff. So, <laughs> who do they think they are? I can see why I didn't like this as a child. Um, uh, cool sword though, but <laughs> Okay. So then next step is they did the remake, right? The remake. Mm -hmm. I really like the remake. And I actually like the remake, as I had said before on previous uh, podcasts um, that I like the remake. I said that when I was I met some of the voice actors at PowerCon. I bought a few of the remake toys. Progress, right? Indeed. Little little baby steps, <laughs> little baby steps. So, but when my initial reaction when this was announced was like, ugh, Thundercats again. Like, and and they're gonna be the same scale of Masters Universe. Ugh, we don't need Thundercats tainting. The sacred masters of the universe, right? <laughs> so I was, I was, I was very hell bent on no Thundercats. 
Um, I, I, I did like the Mumra figure though, Martin, as you mentioned, uh, when they revealed that I was like, oh, that Mumra figure looks kind of cool. Why am I drawn to this? I don't like Thundercats. Um, and then my buddy Scott was like, you should watch the cartoon one more time. Cause he also didn't like Thundercats. Watch the cartoon again, likes Thundercats. So I was like, well, all right, it is on Amazon. So I'll go ahead and stream an episode. Then I started liking Thundercats. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I think, and, and here's why I think it happened was because I was, you know, when you're youthful and you just have these strong opinions, right? Where you're like, I'm a He-Man fan and I liked He-Man and She-Ra as a kid. I did not like Thundercats. You know what I mean? And I feel like Thundercats was the closest to He-Man and She-Ra. Like Transformers was different. G.I. Joe was different. The closest I can get to He-Man and She-Ra is Thundercats. Um, and that maybe that's why, cause you know, I just didn't, I didn't get with it. Um, and I just held this just kind of, I don't know if stereotypical hate is the way to describe it, but just blanket hate for the property without ever actually giving it a fair chance, even when the reruns were, were on. And I don't think I was still at that, that state of my adulthood to accept defeat <laughs> and, and go towards the, the Thundercats. So that long story being said, I've probably I'm probably about 30 episodes in uh, to the series. So obviously I've given it a fair shake. I'm enjoying it. I don't think it is as good as as He-Man and She-Ra. Um, uh, but my goodness, that Mumra guy is just sadistic. Like, <laughs> I'm surprised this it has. Well, I'm not surprised it was the 80s. That's how it got on the air. My goodness. <laughs> That would have scared me as a little four-year-old. I think I was probably four when that came out. Yeah. So, oh my goodness. I can see why I didn't watch Thundercats. <laughs> nightmares for years. Yes, nightmares for years is right. But yeah, you know what? I, the sub was only 125 bucks plus tax and shipping. So Third Earth fans, I contributed to the fun. So call me what you want. I succumbed to the Thundercats and bought the sub. Hey. <laughs> and I'll point out times. of all the Thundercats fans on this panel, I'm the only one that bought the sub, Leanne. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Do you know what? I mean, because they haven't announced a Tigra yet, have they? No, I'm assu I'm assuming See? though, wouldn't it be the next there's only so many Thundercats. I mean, and and I'm surprised they really don't utilize a lot of them in the episodes, uh, Leanne. At least like Chicharas, like hardly ever doing anything. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and and I was I didn't expect like Lionel to be as like I feel like Lionel is actually a bit more annoying than Snarf. Lionel. Oh, I don't know about. But that. I love Snarf. <laughs> like I like I might like Snarf a tinge more than I like <gasps> Lionel. Wow. Oh I kid you not, and I've never really been for like you know the Orcoy kind of characters. Um, but yeah, I I don't mind Snarf. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, take it with what you will. Call me what you want. Well, I will say if they had showed a tiger figure. I would have bought it. Gotcha. I probably would have caved and bought it. Gotcha. If they had had a snark that's, figure, that's my boy. I might have. <laughs> I, I might have done it for Sly. Oh, the wait, is that the that's the reptile guy, right? Yes. Okay. I'm still I'm a little <laughs> hazy on some of the names. Um, that's what he does. I wasn't annoyed. Oh, okay, but I'll get I'll get to it. Uh, I'll, I'll get I'll get through it. I mean, I have some like weird questions that I'm not asking yet because they might be explained later on in the show. Um, but not, not that he man and she didn't have some plot holes here and there too. So 
Um, but it's kind of nice to, to kind of experience an 80s cartoon that, for the first time through non-judgmental eyes. <laughs> so this begs the question, John. Oh, no. What? Well, you give the Goonies a shot now. Okay, well, now, I've discussed this with some other friends. They'll... Don't do it, John. Exactly. <laughs> Shush, Martin. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of friends have told me, Katie, that Goonies might be the type of movie that I need that little bit of nostalgia from childhood to still appreciate Disagree. as an adult. That's Disagree. what that's what a lot of people have told me. So, Disagree. I don't know. Let me just say, I like Rod and I rewatched it not that long ago, and I thought it was horrible. Oh, <laughs> oh no. I, I did not it. like it. I didn't. <laughs> Dang it. Okay, I might be wrong there. But it's so funny, and there's definitely some stuff in there that would never make it into a kid's movie today. Yeah, yeah that's that's true. That's Which, very true. Those things just crack me up every time. Um I don't know. Maybe it is nostalgic I mean, glasses a, for it, me. It does have a big fan base and people love it. I do. I, I do love it. <laughs> well, at least, you know, over the years, we wore John down to at least try Thundercat. So maybe True. we just got to keep trying in one day. <laughs> and I got... I got John to watch um, Silence of the Lambs as well. That's true. Oh, my God. (laughs) Did you enjoy it? (laughs) No. (laughs) Those are the type of movies that I avoid because they'll give me. I'm not saying like a nightmare, but it's just like it messes with me while you watch the movie. Right. Because it's like it's like real people and real things happening. And it's (laughs) it's a great film. Uh, on a, like I think I said to you, Leanne, right? I think I said to you, I can see why like it's a it's a good film, like constructed and from a film perspective. It's just not a story that I need to go watch a comedy like right now <laughs> <laughs> to cleanse my soul. It's, it's got some funny moments. <laughs> well, like, yeah. uh, like the um... I don't need reminded, Martin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's something. <laughs> uh... No. <laughs> All right. I can just tell you this is like I'm already getting like this anxiety feeling over like a van in a parking lot. Is that that movie? <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. See? Yeah. No. <laughs> just put it in the basket, John. <laughs> I don't want to look that up. <laughs> you don't remember that? I don't know. I don't think so. The lotion in the basket. He's blocked it. Is that from that lady that was in the pit? Yeah, she was oh, in the pit. Oh, yuck. My sister bought me like a little um, uh, pin thing. Uh-huh. And it's it's a, a basket with lotion in it. Oh, it's so awesome. <laughs> I love the way you and your sisters interact. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. Well, um, speaking of movies, more so documentaries um i believe our good host katie secured us uh, a little interview with uh some powers of grayskull documentary peeps yes yes i was very very grateful to get randall lobb and robert mccallum of definitive films to take some time out of their busy schedules to have a chat with us about their kickstarter so let's roll that beautiful footage 
So we are here today with Randall Lobb and Robert McCallum of Definitive Films. And for our listeners who don't know, these guys have just successfully met and more than doubled their Kickstarter goal to make a new documentary called Power of Grayskull, the Definitive History of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. So first of all, congratulations. That's a good deal. We actually tripled it within the last 10 minutes. We tripled our base goal and got from 25 just wow. to over 76, which if anybody that watched that live stream, there was nothing planned there. <laughs> I mean, you can see all our reactions. Just I'm I'm still recovering from the, the heartbeats that I skipped during that 10 minute section. I thought Rob actually had had a heart attack. <laughs> he disappeared off Skype. It looked like he fell over. And Mark and I were worried. See, I would have been there with you guys, but it was like 3 a.m. here. Oh, yeah. It was 3 a.m. here. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, Randall's yeah. on the East Coast. I was the, the clever guy that plotted it against West Coast time to make it easier for me, I guess. <laughs> but uh, you can watch the archive stream. There are posts on our, our different updates that are out there via our Kickstarter and, of course, on our Facebook page. So check that out if you haven't and anybody else that's listening. And if you know anybody uh, that's looking for a new reality show, uh, we have a good one. Called, <laughs> what is uh, it? Make a pledge, get a song. It's called Unintended Skype Meetings with Fevers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So is this a different form of drunk texting? It is yeah. like that, <laughs> but a lot less fun. Uh, I, funny. I wasn't feeling well when we did it, and um, afterwards, I couldn't even sleep. Like not because I was excited. I just gone past that point, you know, how you get to the sort of like, I'm so tired I can't sleep, and now I'm a man who does not need to sleep, and I have, oh, superpowers too, I can fly, that kind of stuff, <laughs> and I was going down that road. Well, let's talk about that real quick. Um, so the last time you guys were interviewed, to my knowledge, was with Roast Google Dinner this past week, which was an awesome interview. And for any of our listeners who have not heard that yet, totally check it out. It's amazing. Um, Thank you. But when you talk to those guys, you are at a little bit over 39,000. And mm-hmm. at least I had no expectation that you would reach the 80,000 honor of a gray skull Shira goal. I hoped you would, obviously. But with just a few days to go, I was like, oh, there's no way. There's just no way in hell. Um, but like you said, it ended at $76,050. And you guys so graciously lowered that goal to 75000 instead of eighty to unlock the she portion or the extra she portion, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, so, oh my God. It almost <laughs> seems like it was scripted, doesn't it? We lowered it <laughs> Too to good 75. To be true. At, yeah, we lowered it to 75 at the last minute and said, oh, we might as well do it. And then somebody within the last 10 minutes decided that they would put in 2500 bucks and get us just over that 75 like you couldn't oh, have wow. written that. that's wow. awesome and we yeah. were real concerned because it was like six o'clock west coast time or, or approaching that which is of course nine o'clock east coast time and i'm like guys you know we might get a little extra push if we lower this stretch goal down to 75 we might not be able to go as far as we wanted to do it since there's a ten thousand dollar difference but i think we can do something really great with this so let's maybe make a last ditch effort six hours to go let's lower it make a big deal out of it get that momentum going for the live stream the campaign wrap up and see what can happen and i mean i that that at that point we were at sixty eight thousand. Mm-hmm. So we still needed seven thousand dollars in six hours to do it 
It was a long shot, a home run, a grand slam, bottom of the ninth, two outs against you, <laughs> and uh, and it I, worked. It's well, it's the community, right? They just they believe in what we're doing so much, and we're so thankful and, and humbled by their support. They're it, I lo- losing words again here. He's all the all words gone. <laughs> well, gone I'll tell you, are, they are. It worked on me. Um, I was pet sitting at nine or yeah, around nine when I got that email with the Kickstarter update saying you had lowered it to 75 and I saw where you guys were and you were pretty darn close. Um, and I was like, you know, I'm about to go to bed because these dogs are going to keep me up all night. I've been drinking some wine. I'm like, heck, I'm going to throw some more money at this because I had already donated, but I, you were just so close. And I was like, you know, if other people are like me and they, they get the bug, they're going to do the same thing I'm about to do. So I just, I didn't throw you know, $2,000. That was not me. Thank you, whoever you are. Oh my God. I want to give you a huge hug. Um, so, but, but yeah, I absolutely added to my original, original, not donation. What's the word? Pledge. You're uh, pledge. pledge. Yeah, there we you're go. Because, well, for one, I'm a huge She-Ra fan, um, apart from He-Man. I, I mean, I love, love He-Man. I started with He-Man. Um, and then when She-Ra came out, obviously I just gravitated toward that as well. Um, but, Myself, John, Leanne, I think we can all attest that She-Ra does not get as much love in the fandom as mm-hmm. we feel it should. Yeah. So my She-Ra side came out and I was just like, oh, no, she is not getting left behind again. <laughs> not going <laughs> to let this happen. So... <laughs> well, that's you know, one you're thing. not the first person that's mentioned that she maybe doesn't get the credit that she deserves in terms of, of fandom and, and fan support, which I find really shocking because like you... I kind of gravitate right to her. Like it, for me, it's the the trinity of power with He-Man, Skeletor, and She-Ra. Like they're all equals, you know. Yes, of course, I have a love you. for Hordak and, and the Horde and all that as a faction, but those three for me is like that trinity of awesomeness. So when these fans are saying, "Well, you know, the She-Ra fans, you know, they really always feel like they're getting undercut and never represented," I'm like, "Really?" Because Randall and I, we were all about She-Ra and Princess of Power th- and everything that yeah. that represents. I think it's a good story. I mean. Not from a fan perspective, but from a story perspective, female heroes tend to have better narratives around them. You know what I mean? Like when you're looking at thematic elements that go over into life, what's more what's more interesting than a female hero? Because, you know, I don't want to make this into a political thing, but women have to go through a lot of crap. To, there's a lot more conflict. Usually. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a, a real hill to climb there. And so it just becomes innately more interesting in some ways from a documentary perspective. I mean, a big muscly guy who's a hero, that's not going to surprise anybody, but now here's this female character. It's, there's a little more material to discuss in a way. And, and I think usually with female heroes like that, there isn't always the go-to answer for physical power to solve a problem to get out of a situation. Exactly. So by design, you have different problem-solving tactics and look no further than the way in which She-Ra uses her sword to transform into different objects to help her get out of different things. You know, He-Man never really hurt anybody in the cartoon or anything or used his strength for for the wrong reasons. But She-Ra was using her mind, I think, probably a little bit more to come up with creative uh, ways to get out of problems and to tackle situations. So... As a viewer, I learned that there's more than one way to look at a problem and to to solve it from watching Shira. And as a filmmaker, that's so important that yeah. you, you can't even underestimate it. Well, one thing that I thought was really impressive for you guys, because there's other He-Man type projects that have been out there. And what really got me with yours was even in your initial like Kickstarter trailer, you were very inclusive of like 
everything from the fandom. You had She-Ra in there. You had New Adventures in there. You had the motion picture in there. Uh, of course, mm-hmm. then the toys and everything, too. So I, I was very impressed that you went that route and not something that was just He-Man, 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 He-Man. Well, yeah, again, you don't... Go ahead, Rob. I was going to say, that's another thing that surprises me. How can you leave out these very critical cornerstones, right? It, like, yeah, a lot of people remember Filmation. A lot of people remember that first toy line. But there's all these other pillars, these you know, these rocks that make this whole mountain stand up. It, it just blows my mind that people are so specific in, in what they love sometimes that it's hard for them to include other. And, and I get it. It's a place of passion. I'm very much a fanboy of, you know, niche parts of the stuff I love. But when you're making a documentary. Well, you need doing, it all. Yeah. It's the definitive history. Right, Rand? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The focus or the idea of tightly focusing, put it that way is self-defeating to trying to build a wider story that gets more people interested, right? We want to make a, a movie that covers a lot of bases and pulls in a lot of fans from different areas. So you want to have people who like different things come on board and see the through line that joins all these different elements together. And that's really where you start to make a better movie. And I'm not pitting ours against anybody's. Everybody who makes a movie about something they like, that's, that's good. I'm all in favor of that. I'm just referring to this idea that you would so tightly focus that you would lose some, you know, kind of oversight or you would lose these, I don't want to call them side elements, but the things that make a story good are how multiple areas or multiple pieces come together to create something that's larger and more interesting. That's key for us. Yeah, there's a much bigger picture, even if, you know, you're a big fan of the filmation to understand what they did and then what new adventures did that is different only re-enhances some of the decisions that the creators made on the filmation side, right? So mm-hmm. just because New Adventures is a different flavor, a different style, you know, yeah, sure, it continues the story canon, but even if you want to separate it mentally, it still <clears throat> contributes on that same kind of spine throughout the entire narrative that is Masters of the Universe. All of these elements, no matter how separate you want to make them, are so joined together by the decisions that creators make, that the, char- the the situations that the characters are in, and of course the role that the fans play. They're all connected no matter how much people want to separate them potentially. So it would be folly on our part not to treat it as one cohesive whole. Excellent. That awesome. makes us really happy to hear. <laughs> yeah. And plus for casual fans who are going to watch this at some point, um, like for instance, I watched your turtle do- documentary just to kind of get a feel of you oh, guys thanks. and your style. And I watched the Nintendo one as well. Um, oh, thanks. But I just wanted to mention. Turtles. Which did you like better? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Don't <Whoa>. you dare <laughs> ask me that. <laughs> I can't believe we've gone to this point already. I expected it down the road. <laughs> I thought we'd be a month in. There'd be a near fist fight and then it would come to this you know there was a skeletor t-shirt in the nintendo documentary that's, that's true. true and i have that <laughs> shirt there. no pressure uh, ran we expunged we expunged all skeletor's evidence out of the turtle dock and i don't know <laughs> but, if you noticed yeah to be fair to turtle power to be fair to turtle power when they you know they talk about designing the toys there's a lot of references to castle grayskull yes that's true Right. Oh, I'm going to move away. There's uh, people in the room I'm in. I'm just going to move across here. Sound like you're in a hospital, like in ER. It, okay? it sounded exactly like that because I have. <laughs> I thought you were flatlining. You're worried about me having a heart attack. I, oh my goodness. I Rant, we lose you. I really love your film. It's not that bad. I swear. It's great. <laughs> Why I want to work with you. It's fantastic. No, you know what? It's better this way, Rob. 
<laughs> okay. Just let it be. Just let it be. <laughs> what I what I wanted to say about that was, um, you know, I grew up in the era of the turtles. I watched my fair share of episodes, but sure. it was not my number one. You know, He Man was num- was my number one as a kid. No questions mm-hmm. asked. Um, and Shira as well, but. Turtles was there. It was on at the same, you know, around the same time. So, of course, I, I got my my fill of it. Um, and I did enjoy that show, but I had no idea about the comics and how it got started. And there was just all this background information that I'd never been privy to because I never delved into the fandom. So mm-hmm. that was fascinating. Well, you know, something that we find in, in any uh, IP, and, and we could talk the same about uh, Conan the Barbarian or Shenmue or any of the docs that we're working on or, or planning down the road. And I'm sure Rob could speak to this with Nintendo and anything he's working on. But there are fans that are so specific in their groups. So there are Turtle fans who have never said, seen the comics. There are Turtle comic fans who have never seen the show. There are Turtle fans who only like the movies, you know, or don't know about the movies. You know, it's it's all over the map. Mm-hmm. And that's that to that point that you mentioned where you don't want to focus on one thing because you want to give everybody you know, the, the, that through line and they can see, oh, like just exactly as you said, you see now how it all fits together. And hopefully that's more interesting and informs what, what element you like. Absolutely. I think a lot okay. of casual fans that watch this are going to just be blown away by how rich the mythos is. And they may have just had no clue. Because um, there were several yeah. things I didn't know about He-Man before I joined the fandom, you know, back in the 90s and hooked up with all these crazy girls and guys that I still call <laughs> friends to this day. Um, and yeah, we got to talking about all of it and everyone was sharing VHS tapes with each other. You know, we'd be renting stuff from Blockbuster and making copies and sending it so we could all get all the episodes because there were ones we had missed as a child or whatever the case may be. You know, people are scanning books and mini comics and sharing all the art and the stories. So we've seen a lot of things that the casual fan has not. And I love that they're going to get a chance to at least know what's out there. So if something strikes them as really interesting, then they can go and you know, do their research and look into that and become familiar with it themselves. I, I, I kind of miss those days, to be honest. I, I know what you mean. Like the, that era in the 90s where it wasn't quite internet savvy and you had to, you know, send an email or a letter to a friend to do like a tape trade. And then you <laughs> like, oh, there's this mini comic we haven't seen. And like you're kind of you know, old school pooling your resources together. It's uh, it's almost too easy now, right? And yeah. I don't want to sound that counter to the documentary that we're putting out there that will be, you know, very in-depth and definitive on, on everything Masters of the Universe. But there was that kind of charm back in the day where everyone had to work together. And, I mean, that really carries to this campaign because everybody has helped us get to this point because clearly everybody wants this one encyclopedic-like volume of, of this history and uh, knowledge. Well, I'm gonna one. I'm gonna one up y'all. I, I come from the '70s and early '80s. I'm I'm older than all you guys put together. I'm I'm as old as <laughs> I'm as old as your grandpa's boots. You can and, tell why uh, I was concerned about the beeping noise now. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I'd like to point it that back in the '70s and, and early '80s, you were lucky to even see the thing that you loved, and that. What what you just said is something that's so – if Rob hadn't jumped in, I would have jumped in there too. One of the things that people say is, what makes a definitive film? Well, imagine this, that I'm, I'm a child of a, an era where you had to go out and you had to hit multiple shops. You had to talk to people in record stores or comic book shops and bump into people you didn't know or you'd see someone carrying a, you know, a, a bag with – Batman 251 or something, you'd say, oh, you're a Batman fan? Like, you, it would be such an effort 
to find not just your fan base, but anything, especially if you lived in a small town as I did here in rural Canada. So this this driving need to dig deep, that's baked right into the documentary. So I'm so glad that you've articulated that, both you and Rob, because Rob and I have never talked about this. We just don't talk. <laughs> Not like we used to. <laughs> no. What it's I like, so funny. You kind of did that in the Nintendo documentary. What was nice was how they pointed out you could buy all the Nintendo games probably on eBay very quickly, but it was more of the thrill of the hunt and going and looking for everything and kind of exploring all those stores. I really appreciated that aspect. Uh, yeah, I mean, we live in a world where it's instant gratification. You yeah. know, push a button, get a pill. And in other interviews about Nintendo Quest, I reference Jurassic Park all the time. It's like, you know, T-Rex doesn't want to be fed. He wants to hunt. That's baked into mm. us, too. We need... <laughs> To go on adventures, we need to explore who we are. We need to push ourselves to the limits. It's one of the reasons I love filmmaking, because it's always a new adventure for me. And the film that comes out is never reflective 100% of my experience, because it's it's something that changes me. And I hope that the finished film can, in turn, change people in a little way. And you can tell with Nintendo Quest, Jay is definitely a different person by the end of it. And it's a very strong message. It's It's important to get out there and do things, whether you want to call it doing it old school or just doing it for the sake of, you know, because the hard day's work is its own reward. It's it's important. That's why going to stuff like PowerCon is really important. Oh, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Nice little plug there. Just, just I noticed how you did that. I actually put down <laughs> in my notebook here. One. <laughs> but it's Randall keeps you, a tally on how many times I can plug things or suggest plugging things. If but if you went back and looked at a con in the old days, and and I, again, I'm not old enough to, or I was not wealthy enough to go to the cons in the old days, but I was was at some, and it was the element of community that might be kind of lacking. If you went to Comic Con now, um, you would see there's a lot of community that's sort of. Um, it's internet-based, but not that intensity of community that comes from this is the only time you see the people who love Doctor Who or whatever it is, He-Man, mm. and you would grasp onto those people that you don't see very often. Now, of course, you can Skype with them and bo- join message boards and all that, and that excitement and intensity, we, we'd like to see that again. And so as you break down the shards of things that people like, I, I mean, I'm looking forward to PowerCon too, just to see if that's you know, like that old feel that I miss in some ways. I think you'll be pleasantly happy, uh, definitely, with PowerCon. It's definitely more of a a community feeling, lots of fans getting together. And even though a lot of us know each other for years now, um, sometimes we only see each other, say, at something like PowerCon. Um, So it's kind of that family feel. It's awesome. Absolutely. I know myself, John, I think, Leanne, you're going to be there too? I don't know yet. Don't know yet. Okay. Possibly. At least John and I will be there to greet you guys and welcome cool. you to the fold. Because <laughs> it, it seriously is. It's like seeing, it's a family reunion, basically, I feel when I when I go to one of these conventions. And the last PowerCon, we had um, Thundercats and Turtles represented as well. So mm-hmm. there, was a, there were a few times where I'm looking at a group of people and I'm like, are they turtle people or are they thundercast people? Are they? And there was a lot of overlap, obviously, but there were. You know, some somebody just... somebody invited me to that, and I couldn't go because of timing. Oh. But there, yeah, there were some turtle, um, some turtle uh, celebs there. Maybe was Ernie there? Ernie Reyes Jr. Uh... I can't remember who it was. But anyway, yeah, I like that idea. That you know, I don't know who's behind the idea of, of spreading it out, but those sort of 80s things that feel similar 
Mm-hmm. I think that's a great idea to see them in the same space. So it's only natural that we would have gone to do He-Man, I guess, isn't it? Obviously. It's all connected. It's all connected. <laughs> all power, man. It's all about the power. <laughs> but I'm, I'm actually glad that this year it's going to be just back to He-Man um, and all the He-Man properties, New Adventures, She-Ra, etc. Um, so that I'm not walking around going... Is that person a He-Man fan or not? I'm not sure. Is that a custom <laughs> He-Man character they've made up or just some Thundercats guy? I don't know. Yeah, right? <laughs> I can't <don't> quite <laughs> tell. I think that's fun. I, I'm going to go on record as saying I think that part's fun. I like to, to play spin the what is that cosplay. <laughs> sure, sure. There were some great mashups last time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. The cosplayers pulled out all the stops. I'm hoping to see some more of that this year. Something you should know about me that, and, and maybe not all fans agree, Rob might have picked this up already, is I like reboots, I like reimaginings, I like reinterpretations. So I'm one of those guys that when, you know, in Man of Steel, when Superman kills Zod, I guess, and all these spoilers. people are up in arms. Oh, what? <laughs> just wait, just wait. I have another spoiler for you. <laughs> Lee Harvey Oswald may not have done it. Anyway, I'm just moving on. I'm moving on. <laughs> moving on. Okay, but helicopters uh, I, over my house now. I like changes because that I like when people put their you know their creativity into the franchise. I believe the franchise is bigger and stronger than any one creator or group of creators. So you can't spoil He Man. The parts you like are always there. And if you know if Devon Franklin or McGee or whoever's coming into that movie now, if they make a movie that you don't like, you can always go back to the old, you yeah. know, the Excellent. old elements. You can never go home, Randall. <laughs> I'm at, I'm actually home now. So <laughs> glad you made it back from the hospital. Yeah, I made it. Anytime we want to feel at home again, we just gotta watch your Kickstarter trailer because that was that was just it. Yeah, seriously. It's so funny you say that. It was amazing, and I love the story behind it. You know, the TV blowing up. <laughs> oh, you yeah. love that, do you? Well, you're mean <laughs> <laughs> because that was awful. <laughs> there was some yeah. panic there for a moment. What the smell, Rob? How about that? Let's talk about uh, that. That for a still has not left my nasal cavity. Uh, we took five of... years off all our lives. <laughs> yeah, no was kidding. It the magic blue smoke? Is that what it was? I wish it was magic. It, it smelled like uh, if if a tire it like fire. Snake it, yeah, if a tire fire had a chemical fire in the middle of it. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. It's With a sudden bad bursts smell. of anthrax. It was was not a good smell, but it did result in, once again, uh, everybody pulls together and we got guys like Isaac Elliott Fisher and Mark Hussey. These are really smart, really technically uh, expert gentlemen. And the other guys like Jeremy and and Isaac Stad, Jarl, all these guys pull together and can put anything together and, you know, jury rig something that you didn't even know that TV didn't work. Yeah. And that's what filmmaking is all about, really. Mm-hmm. Now, we can't really speak for the for our child actor, Cohen, who came in at the age of eight and left at the age of 15, thanks to the magic <laughs> blue smoke. But, you know, hopefully there won't be any pending lawsuits for as a result of being. But to be to- fair, puberty is a tough time. And we did hurry him through the worst of it. Yeah, <laughs> we really helped him out in the long run. Yeah, he's, he's not going to miss that. He's no. not going to miss it. 13 <laughs> tough for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, I'm interested because obviously you've you've stated several times you're going to try to include all facets of Masters of the Universe. Um, because there is just so darn much, mm-hmm. how are you going to approach that challenge? Because even being a fan as long as I've been and being in the fandom for as long as I've been, I 
haven't even scratched the surface. And I just, I know that for a fact. And there are some fans who have, like James Etock, Val, John here. I mean, these guys go deep um, and they've got all this knowledge just in their heads at all time. You could ask them some random crazy trivia question. They'd be like, oh yeah, that was just blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not that person, (laughs) but I appreciate it all. So like me looking into the fandom, I just see this mountain of information um, that I know I will never be able to digest all of. So how, how do you feel like you're going to approach that? Do you think? I think probably Rob should answer, then I should answer, and we'll see if they work co- together. That'd be do fun. Wanna, do you want to confer in a separate Skype chat first? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just curious what you're going to say compared to what I'm going to say. So please. I just think we're going to do what we can do. I mean, at one point, <laughs> halfway through your your setup there, my confidence was slowly, slowly eroding. And then you said there are some people <laughs> that have managed to do it, and then the confidence was rising, rising. Uh, <laughs> It's it that is the task that is the challenge. Uh, it is one of the reasons on our Kickstarter campaign that we have offered this ultimate fan cut that can be exclusive. Um, you know, I I don't want this to come across the wrong way. Is it possible to include every single piece of trivia and fandom and you know cross every single T in the world of Masters of the Universe in a cohesive way that tells the story that we want to tell based on the material that we're able to gather? It's going to probably be impossible to do every single fan and every single piece of information out there the proper proper justice yeah but given the process that you know that randall and everybody at definitive films uh takes and as you can see with turtle power there's a lot that we can do to include every little nook and cranny of the mythos so um it's you clearly don't want to be a part of the filmmaking team because you don't want to kind of take this challenge on i'm guessing but uh, it's, it's a challenge that I love, and that's something that, that Rand was, uh, you know, alluding to as part of the Kickstarter wrap-up video. You know, the support is actually like a good kind of pressure on us to be inclusive, to be, you know, all-encompassing. And uh, there's no quick answer for it. It's, it's going to be fun. That's what makes this worthwhile, that we are trying to do everything. To do one part wouldn't be fun for me. Gotcha. That's, that's a good answer. Thank you. So I'll say, I'll say this. You shoot everything... But then you have to cut out stuff that doesn't fit your theme of, of whatever the story is that you build and that fits your theme and that fits the final cut. You cut that out and people are going to be angry at you and there's no way around it. But we've got this, as Rob mentioned, we've got this series of extraneous materials. We'll call it that. These other cuts, these other builds. And we show those when we can and use them how we can to try and capture as much of the material that we weren't able to build into that main storyline. And, you know, you watched the Turtle documentary, you saw it and you said you liked it. Rob's seen it and he said he liked it. There are people who watch it and they hate it because the one thing they love best is not there. My question is, do you want a good movie or do you want a checklist of all the things you love, you know, one minute at a time? I don't think anybody wants to see a checklist because that doesn't serve them. So we serve that story the best we can, and then we'll go and build what we can that would be added or, let's say, additive to that storyline in a modular sense. And just to make you – go ahead. I was going to say it's just really hard to build a checklist and have it still be entertainment, and that's what we're making. We're making you know, filmed entertainment. It's – 
Turtle power works because it's entertaining. And that doesn't mean it's, you know, a funny, you know, laugh out loud kind of flick. And there's some very sad and human parts. That's entertaining. That's entertainment. And when you start getting into the minutia of, you know, the color variance between like many faces or something like that, that might not be so entertaining. Now, if it fits into a bigger picture on, you know, the rollout of action figures and the flood of the market, then then it works. But if it's just an interesting anecdote or a side note or a footnote, then it might not work. Yeah, that might not be the medium to share that type of information. And, and by the way, that's that's why th- there's room for another documentary and another documentary and another documentary. That if, if somebody else was making one right beside us, it wouldn't be the same one we made, would it? Everybody gets uh, their own take on what they they create, what they build. So they amass material and they edit based on what they find, what their story is. And hopefully, um, you know, all the He-Man fans can collect as much of whatever. It's it's just like you said, Rand, with reboots. You love it because it's a new perspective on it. You know, Mm -hmm. John F. Carroll, you know, Playtime Masters, right? Yeah. We reached out to John. I reached out to him as soon as I heard that, you know, he thought maybe Power of Grayskull yeah. was taking the wind out of his sails. But I'm like, no, don't no. think that. There's so much room for so many looks at this franchise. And especially when he is focusing on the on those critical memories that we had while playing with these figures and experiencing that show as, as a kid. He, he's looking for those those moments that define who we are. And, you know, him and I had a really good conversation back and forth about some very personal He-Man memories that we have, and we wouldn't be where we are today. We wouldn't have felt safe as children if it wasn't for He-Man back then. I'm like, man, I know filmmaking is hard, and he's admittedly not, like, a trained filmmaker. He's a trained actor, and he's, you know, working his way through the filmmaking process. But I'm like, this is important stuff. Mm -hmm. You cannot put it on the shelf because we are trying to do something else. First rule of filmmaking is do what you believe and just keep going. That's all that matters. And by the way, we all agreed on that. That wasn't something that Rob came back to us. No, not at all. We had a meeting in advance. And and I I firmly believe that John and everybody who makes a He-Man documentary, if they all called us up at once and said, hey, we're making these He-Man docs, what do you think? I'd say, great. Let's see them. Let's get them out there. Let's give the fans as much as they can handle. Which is never ending. Yeah, I told John very specifically, like, I have eight DVDs that are all on video game history over here. They all discuss eight of the ten same points, you know. And as a fan, I'm happy to see that 20% that the other ones don't cover in each of them. Mm -hmm. And I like the way that different authors, and I'll use us as filmmakers and calling us authors, treat the same subject, subject material differently. Like Rand said, with reboots, you know, you have Chris Nolan's Batman, you have Tim Burton's Batman, you have Adam West and Neil Adams, the Bob Kane stuff. Batman is Batman, and it's cool to see different flavors of that stuff. So, you know, not <laughs> if somebody wants to make another He-Man doc and they decide after listening to this, go for it. I'd love to see what your take on it is. By all means, do it. Yeah, I love you guys' encouragement of other filmmakers for their projects. You know, some people get pretty petty and competitive when it comes to things like this, and I have not seen an ounce of that from you guys. And well, your reasoning is You realize is that perfect. Rob... Rob reached out to us because he wanted to make a He-Man doc and Isaac, our director of photography, wanted to make a He-Man doc. Like Rob and I only met. We don't haven't even known each other for a year. We are an example ourselves of filmmakers who were doing the same things and said, hey, why don't we work together? That's fantastic. That says a lot about you guys to me and it's all good. So (laughs) thank you for that. (laughs) That's fantastic. Yeah, I definitely think the more masters, the merrier. So sure. 
Yeah. I like that. We can have a Merry Masters Christmas one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you want to concentrate on the Christmas special for 10 minutes, I'm good. I'm good with oh, that. <laughs> I would love to do that. I think that's a fantastic, you know, piece of, of, of animation and storytelling. I mean, you get characters doing things they would never do in other parts of the canon. So, yeah, it deserves and warrants a look, I think, very much. I mean, does anything really represent fan and communities like some of those opening and closing shots <clears throat> where all the characters are together? No, that's fantastic, and that relates to the story that we're trying to tell. So, you know what? You might just get that. Oh, no awesome. promises, Ooh. but you might get a look at that. <laughs> I don't know about 10 minutes. I don't know about 10 minutes. Yeah, we're not going to ever handcuff ourselves to any kind of time length. Oh, but I know. <laughs> there's something there. There's something there. Sweet. Yeah, because like you've said, we all have our pet parts of the fandom that are our favorites um and it's different with each individual some mm -hmm. of us overlap a lot like me john and leanne um have a lot of the same taste we could say um whereas our other co-host josh who's not here today has different takes a lot of the time and martin is our new adventures lover obsessy um <laughs> so he pops right. in with his own <laughs> opinions and yeah i love that i love you know feeding off of each other and learning other people's perspectives because it sometimes it opens up our own eyes to things we hadn't thought of or seen before oh yeah so that's very important i would hate to think that um any documentary that i was involved in was in any way uh denigrating someone else's version of what they like so if i if i make a doc and it doesn't cover the part you like that doesn't mean that i don't think it's good right it's it's just that the storyline went in this direction. But I don't think we would ever want to say that somebody else's version of whatever we were talking about wasn't uh, legitimate. So, you know, you get the hardest core He-Man person and that person has a bone to pick with us. It's a one-way bone picking because we're never going to argue back. We're just going to nod and say, that's great. Whatever you think is great. Awesome. Yeah. Well, since you were just mentioning other documentaries, have you guys been exposed to the BCI documentaries from several years ago? Yes, very much so. Those, uh, I remember seeing those when I was at Sheridan College doing my postgrad work and thinking, man, it would be great if one day the guys that one day might make Turtle Power would want to team <laughs> up with me and one day make the definitive history of He-Man. It's interesting. I didn't know that you were thinking that back then. I was. I, 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 you know, it's funny. Uh, you guys probably know Chris Finn, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I messaged him in 2009. I'm like, hey, man, love your podcast. Oh, you know, that I'm Chris. Really... Oh, my God. I'm yeah. sorry. I totally blanked. Yes, of course. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I, I don't know if I'm, if I'm quite there yet, but I would love to do a, a He-Man documentary. And if you want to be involved as a participant at some point, you know, that'd be great. He's like, Rob, that'd be fantastic. And during the campaign, he reconnected with us because he remembered my name and he showed me that Facebook message from 2009. Nice. He was just blown away. He's like, that is so awesome that you never gave up on trying to make this happen. Great. Awesome. I love yeah. it. Yeah. And it started with some of the stuff from the BCI documentaries, of course. And, you know, guys like uh, James Etock and uh, Serial Geek, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course, when you say BCI documentaries, I think you're talking about brain computer interface documentaries. <laughs> what in the world is brain computer interface? Oh, well, now you've asked the question. That's what BCI <laughs> means to me. You guys are going to have to hit me to what BCI documentaries are. It is obviously about brain computer interface. Uh, that must be what you're talking about. <laughs> okay maybe not <laughs> well I haven't watched them in several years myself I don't 
pull out those DVDs very often because I'm so worried about breaking them or damaging them. I should just, you know, rip them to our network and then I won't have to worry about that. And I can watch them as many times as I wanted. But you totally should for safety. Yeah, <laughs> I should. It's, it's true. archival I... purposes only. <laughs> For safety. Yeah. Sure, sure. It won't it won't be on Backblaze or Dropbox well, no. or, or anywhere like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that you guys, you know, met the goal, a fantastic number, what can you explain to us like what are the steps you take now that the Kickstarter is over? Well, I wait for the money to drop in my account and then living in Las Vegas, <laughs> I go to the Bellagio and hope to double it. Yep. Everything on black. Hey, bigger yeah. documentary. I might spend a weekend in the luxury presidential suite, you know, figuring out what number I want to bet on first. And then I'll take the remaining $4 and put it on black. <laughs> That's what I say. That's my theory. Um, living in Las Vegas is probably the scariest way to start any sentence <laughs> where money is later involved in the sentence. Living in Honestly. Las Vegas, my investment strategies are... <laughs> Hope, yeah. pray, and ponder. Mm -hmm. You know, the first step actually is a lot of concern. Like now we have a pact with a group of people, 1,000 and what is it, 1,100? Is that what and, the number is? Uh, yeah, 1,108. Right. So we have a, made a pact with a group of people, and now we have to honor that pact and take it very seriously. We may be jokey people, particularly me, Um <laughs> I sound like nothing that I say is, is serious. And, and by the way, that's a genetic flaw. But um, <laughs> I am serious about what we have to do now. We have to think of the best possible way to create a documentary that, as we've said many times, will actually cost us 10 times that amount. Um, yeah. And that's fine. We're, that's, that's what the process is. And if you're wondering what some of those costs would be, it would be that when we're making that documentary, we're not doing our day job. So we aren't paying our mortgages and buying groceries and putting our kids through school. We're out making a documentary and we have to make that certain amount of money go as far as possible so that we can get out there and do as much as we can. So that means building a schedule where we're filling our days properly. So who lives in this cluster of towns? Who lives in this cluster of towns? Can we do an interview at 10 and another at 4? Do we have enough time to hit all these people in a certain number of days? And that logistic structure is a, a value proposition that we, you know, we need to stretch our budgets and be careful and thoughtful. But B, we have to create that story. So we have to make sure we're hitting people from all the different elements of, or let's say areas of the franchise. And then the third thing is, we have to keep the logistics flow going all the way up to post-production where we really get into a situation where we, now we have potentially, you know, let's, let's say 80 hours of footage. It's, that's a, a small amount. That could be what we get. And then we have to go through all that footage and build that story in. And that's months and months down the road. So we've got a lot of planning to do immediately to get us to the place where we can then be creative and have all that. What I would guess Rob would find the most fun maybe is building that story out of what we've shot. And um, back to Turtle Power, Isaac sat and watched every frame and loved it. And he found that process really exciting to kind of re-examine his, his love for the turtles through that footage. And, and I can just see Rob doing the same thing as sitting and just absorbing all that material and 
takes a long time for us to get there and a lot of planning to to make that work. Yeah, I love the interview process. I find it really fascinating. Uh, you know, there are some people, no matter what they love, uh, they feel like they've got to be the expert. So it's hard for them to open up a bit and just be that sponge and soak stuff in. I'm the opposite. You know, I'll be the first to say there's so much I don't know, probably, of Masters of the Universe, despite what, you know, Rand would maybe be impressed by the amount that I do know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to those those interview sections and just learning, but learning about the person, not necessarily learning about the trivia and the facts, because as we've said on, uh, I think, on Ro- Roast Google Dinner, it's like, how who is that person and how did those traits, you know, inform what they bring to the show? So learning that process. And then, as Rand said, I love the puzzle at the end when you have all the footage and you lay all the pieces out in your, your editing suite and you're like, how does this fit with this? How does this fit with this? What's the best way to kind of showcase this this information we got from these four different people. That's fun. That's the strategy game to me. I have a lot of fun with that. Awesome. Yeah, I'm super jealous that you get to go talk to all of these people in person. Uh, yeah, I'm, I would be the same way, just soaking in every nugget of information that you throw my way. Well, listen, you should follow our Chasing He-Man series because we're going to bring all the fans in with us. We're going to yeah. shoot as much behind the scenes as possible to to put you right on the ground with us and then... That will be part of the additive material down the road. We want you to be able to feel like you're part of that for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, and that goes to like some fears that people had about, okay, so what happens now that Kickstarter is over? Um, it's it's not over. Like <laughs> Kickstarter is just the first step in this long journey that we may be on the front lines for, but we'll be bringing everybody along, like Rand said, with our web series, Chasing Grayskull. You know, we've already had two or three episodes come out. Those will continue to come out. So as we go interview, you know, different people like Erica Scheimer, you're going to see like our reactions going into that. And then some of our footage from that maybe. And then what we thought about after that and how we feel it might impact the story going down the road. So these are little nice snippets and vignettes that really show what we're going through as we make that. It's like I said earlier about why I love filmmaking. It's me going on that adventure, you know, going out there and and learning and experiencing. And what I love about what these guys do with all their chasing web series, they have chasing Conan's and they have chasing turtles. Chasing Grayskull is that, you know, that small little window into what we get to do and, and share that process with people. So it's a, it'll be a lot of fun to, to watch those as they unfold. Awesome. Absolutely. That sounds so, so much fun. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Was this the first time you guys used Kickstarter for one of your films? Indeed, for me, not for Rob. Okay. No, I, I've done, I think, four other campaigns. Uh, all been very successful and i'm very thankful for that um i'm actually coming out with a crowdfunding course that so many people ask about you know how do you do this so there'll be an audiobook and like a like a course on udemy that'll be very 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 affordable if people want to know more about the crowdfunding experience and what to do and what not to do i'm at the point where i see campaigns on kickstarter and indiegogo and some of these other platforms where i get frustrated when i see people make mistakes like launching a, a campaign on a saturday Never launch on a Saturday. People are busy doing stuff on the weekend, right? You'll never get that. It's like the worst day to start, for example. Um, but I love Kickstarter uh, of all the campaigns. One, it's you know, it's the Kleenex of crowdfunding campaigns. Um, it's just that known brand. But I love the community spirit that that comes out of it. We, you get to meet so many people by bringing people together. For me, it's not about crowdfunding. It's about crowd awareness and, and crowd community building. You know, it's about kind of making something that everybody can kind of come to uh, and be a part of and not be exclusive. 
So I think it's important. I think it's an important step in every every film's uh, life cycle. And for me, Rob uh, really he sold me on Kickstarter, and and it wasn't that I was against it per se in advance, but uh, I was concerned about some of the uh, elements, like what would a distributor say. And so I reached out to some people I knew through Turtles. And basically, Kickstarter has become so prevalent in the industry that the distributors just say, yeah, we understand that there's going to be some promises made to people through Kickstarter, and we don't see that as an obstruction, which is what I thought they would in advance. So once we came into that, I think Rob would say I, I leaned into it really hard and, and took his lead in jumping into the campaign and really embracing the idea of building this as a, a pre-sell, as the promise to the fans, that pact that you make as a way of getting people sensitized to who we are and what we're doing and why we're doing it. And all that stuff that we really worked hard on in, in Turtles, the chasing Turtles, the fan service and that, this is really a, a key component of that. And I, I feel silly that we didn't take advantage of getting to know the fans that way up front with Turtles. But had we done that, it was a five-year movie, that one, so people would have been so frustrated, I think. And to be this... honest, Kickstarter started in 2009, and even when it started, it was different. You know, it's almost like, yes, how, Facebook, it's, it's like how Facebook started as the Facebook. Kickstarter was Kickstarter without an ER at the end. It was just an R. Yeah, Kickstarter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it, it it's it's really evolved, and like you said, Rand, it's now been accepted in the, in the production and, and mm -hmm. raising... Uh, fun level side that distributors understand that that's part of it in the same way that viewers understand that Netflix and Hulu and Amazon are, are part of the distribution cycle now where it's you know third or fourth window where you can watch content so you have the movies you have home video you have you know uh, this is now SVOD with those so it's the the lifespan of a film is now started to include all these other things that modern technology allows for and it's it's really awesome yeah it is so would you say this particular Kickstarter met or exceeded your expectations with its final I was final disappointed. Value? I was disappointed. <laughs> you know, uh, I just, I thought we were going to do something at least. Uh, we heard the flatline earlier from, from Rand's mm -hmm, side of mm -hmm, things. Mm -hmm. It's kind of what happened with this campaign <laughs> from the mm -hmm. gate. Uh, what yeah. a lot of people don't know is we actually had 25 million was our initial <laughs> Kickstarter. And we just put the decimal in the wrong place. So we didn't get anywhere near what we were I screwed over. up. I'm, I'm sorry. I like, I'm apologizing yeah. every day, every hour to these guys. We <laughs> were actually trying to build a He-Man, you know? And yeah, a $6 and million I, dollar man. That was like, what, 76, 74? Steve Austin, yeah. Things have changed. No, it couldn't have gone better. The only way it could have gone better would be if the fans actually also made the documentary they wanted to see for us. Like if at the end of the Kickstarter they said, and here's the documentary. And we wow, what an amazing Kickstarter this was. But everything else went so much better than we could have hoped. I, I, I think I'm speaking for everybody when I say we were so pleasantly surprised. And not surprised that it was successful, just surprised at how smoothly and how so much positive feedback came into us and and it's still coming and there's people mm -hmm. still commenting on our campaign this was great this felt like a professional you know promotional campaign you guys are doing kickstarter right thank you for being nothing but transparent from the get go and supportive of everything and responding to questions seconds after we send them it's uh you, you know 
even though I've had other successful campaigns and, you know, I can add this one to that, to that list now, thankfully, you never know how it's going to go. You do three months of work leading up to that launch and your finger hovers over that launch button and it's like, okay, this is the point of no return and the next 30 days or whatever is only going to be five times the work every day of the three months leading up. So, yeah, we had a base goal of 25 grand, but we had no idea how the community would respond. We thought what we knew what we were doing would be good and what we what we thought we could achieve based on the goals and what we were offering. But there's always that X factor where you just don't know. And then when you launch, it's you're you're riding the mechanical bull. You're trying to figure out how things are going and you're staying on. And with this, we had a bunch of contingencies kind of in effect for different kind of promotional things, different ways to get the word out. But we hit our goal in like four and a half days and we kept hitting stretch goals every three days after that. We couldn't keep up with the momentum and it's a great problem to have. But it was all we could do is to constantly talk to the fans that were asking us questions and share where we could. It was just fantastic. Like it, it was a, an awesome, thrilling endurance marathon uh, <laughs> of fun the nostalgia that is going to lead to something even greater down the road because of the support. Awesome. I mean, we already know that the He fans are some of the most passionate fans in the world of anything. Uh, so I wasn't surprised. I mean, I was surprised. I was a little surprised that it went as high as it did at the end, obviously, because I didn't think with just a few hours to spare, you were necessarily going to make that final stretch goal. But mm-hmm. I was not at all surprised that it, you know, met and then doubled your goal. Um, and yeah, that just goes to show, I think, that some, you know, the He fans, She Ravers, when we love something, we love something. <laughs> well, you know what? It's also, we've said this before, it's pent up. You've had a long time with no He-Man action. Like there have been some things that have happened with the toys and Mattel has done a good job of keeping their community going. Uh, But there hasn't been anything big come out for quite a while. What was the last thing that happened, right? It's Yeah, it's just been the classics figures. Yeah, there's a long drought. And so when you find something that you can get your energy around and it feels like there's some motion happening even in Hollywood around He-Man, it's just a it's great lucky timing on our part too, right? It's really hard. I mean, the classics have been fantastic. And now, of course, we have Club Grayskull and everybody's raving about that first release of that, you know, filmation He-Man. But it feels like we're super lucky, right? Like we have a huge toy line that has essentially been re-released with characters we've never seen before. And now we're getting, like I said, Club Grayskull. But it's like, okay, these are just like the carrots in front of the horse. It's just enough to inch us to the next level. When you have like a cartoon or you have, mm-hmm. I mean, and that's not to take away from the DC comics that are going on right now, the Eternity War. It's just, it, I think it, it's a different audience though, isn't it? That the, the DC. It seems to me like that's for a new audience of fans. I feel I, like. I feel like it's a little bit more superhero oriented. Yeah. Masters yeah. fans can get into it because it's, you know, Masters. But it feels like it's a DC property and not necessarily a Masters of the Universe extension. Yeah, there's a different, definite, there we go, difference in that comic versus kind of your general He-Man thought. Yeah, not to say me, that it's it, bad. It, it, I like revamps like you do. I always go into it with that. Yeah. Um, What else could they do with He-Man? I've already seen my perfect He-Man, which was the Filmation series. Um, So what else can they bring to it to kind of spice it up for me? Yeah, it just feels to me like, and and by the way, I'm a DC guy. I like, 
I shouldn't say that. I'm a Marvel and DC guy and an image guy, and I could keep going. But <laughs> I, I, I like what DC's doing. I like the new 52 stuff. I like their new directions that they're going in. And I think that what they did with He-Man is smart, and they're doing it with Scooby-Doo and, um, you know, the other ones they announced. I'm not going to, of course, remember any of it now. Was it? Oh, geez. well, the, and it's funny because the new 52, they just announced is ending in, in favor of another kind of rebrand rebirth. Yeah. Rebirth, rebirth. Yeah. But that's that's again, that's for people like me to enjoy. Anyway, the strategies aside, I like the idea that they're taking these titles and they're saying, you know, kids who they've had been fed a lot of crap over the years. If you think about it, like I have young I have young kids. My kids are teenagers now. But when they were young. A lot of the stuff that was aimed at them seemed pretty crass and pretty junky, if you ask me. And some of the old stuff is, it's it's more fun. Like if you said to me, why is He-Man better than, I don't know, something new that came out in the last 15 years or something? I'd say it's, even though it was created by a toy company to sell toys, it seems more wacky and more fun and more um, kid-friendly. Imaginative? Yeah, but it's, yeah, I guess imaginative. But I mean, it's like... It's kid friendly. So when they come up with crazy fun stuff and it seems goofy to adults, that's probably good as opposed to adults think it's cool. You know, if adults think it's cool, maybe it's a little too cool for kids and there's not as good an insertion point for kids to come in and pick it up. And, you know, again, one of the things that comes out of the turtles is something that's really wacky and really nutty. Kids might jump on and think it's awesome, like garbage pail kids or whatever. There's just... There's something about those older titles that I think is really smart. And I think DC said, we're going to put this out for young people now. And even kids who didn't necessarily know much about He-Man, they're enjoying it. And I think that's great. But you guys who've always loved He-Man for years and years, you're still waiting for something, I think. And that's, Mm -hmm. I think it's coming. But hopefully our documentary has given you an opportunity to exercise a little bit of your fan power. Obviously, it did. Look at the Kickstarter. Yeah. Well, for the fan, oops, sorry, for the fans that want to keep up to date, one hundred percent, with the status of the documentary, can you plug everywhere we need to go, where we can follow oh, you, etc.? Yeah, it's pretty easy. Go to hemandocdoc.com. You'll have all our social media links right there. You'll have links to our Kickstarter campaign if you want to see the updates that are there. But hemandoc.com is really like the home of everything Power of Grayskull. Facebook is obviously very easy to post on, as is our mm-hmm. Twitter feed. But hemandoc.com and, and maybe facebook.com slash hemandoc are the two places to kind of keep up to date with everything. And if you want to find out a little more about some of us, uh, you can check me out on Twitter. I'm at the lab coat guy. And if you want to see something about some of the other documentaries we're working on, uh, you can look at us at fauxpop.com, F-A-U-X-P-O-P.com. And Rob, do you want to, you talk about Pyre? Yeah, sure. You can find me at Pyre, P-Y-R-E, Productions on Twitter. Uh, and that's probably the best place to find me or pyreproductions.net. I have another Kickstarter campaign starting in two months, another video game related documentary on box art and all the illustrators that created those wonderful covers that compelled us to buy the games and learning about their stories because they never got credit for any of those those images, which is weird Incredible. because they're the most remembered images probably of gaming of all time. So we've got over 100 people on board for that, some of the m- most well-known games, and we're looking at everything from Fairchild and 
pre-Atari days all the way up to current stuff and looking at how the evolution and the process has changed as well as the people that contributed to the gaming industry from that strictly illustrative artistic point of view. So that'll be fun. Awesome. awesome. I'm I'm sure a lot of fans will now go attack you on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> will it, will I use the word like, attack in a friendly way. Will it be a puppy attack? Like it'll be so cute and fun? Yeah, it's yeah. Relay, the Manchu you, you submit to the horde of licking. <laughs> <laughs> if it's a puppy kids. attack, that's awesome. If it's a scary attack and people say mean things, then I'm going to cry. <laughs> just ignore those people. Yeah, just eh. We've Listen, actually had none of that. I got. We say. haven't. I was just gonna say that we haven't had anything nasty come our way. And by the way, we're so good at internet jujitsu. You can put <laughs> your your strongest move. You can swing away at me. Oh, I'll just take your energy and redirect it into fun. Love it. That's what Randall really likes to do. I'm gonna introduce Randall to the video game world. Um, and we can see how he handles some of that. <laughs> I love gamers because, man, you talk about, you know, some he fans that really love, like, you know, their specific things. Gamers are, are the same way. They're so passionate about their consoles and their libraries and their games and their oh. titles that, like, when you say, no, actually, I like Dr. Mario better than Mario 3. What? How dare you? Flips the table <laughs> and it's like food fight all of a sudden. And it's like, hold on. They're both good games, guys. So, no. yeah. Listen, I'm from uh, the first generation of online players. If you remember Meridian 59 and Ultima Online and all that. And brain-computer in yeah. interface. Brain-computer interface. <laughs> interface. I, I'm from the generation that probably invented how to be horrible to each other on the internet. Doesn't mean that I did it, but I'm definitely part of that generation. And th listen, there's no way they can hurt my feelings. The only thing I would say is, why would they want to? I'm trying to make a documentary with some other guys, and we're just trying to have a nice, fun time here, folks. Absolutely. So there you go. That's what we'll say to them when they're mad at us. Awesome. <laughs> well, yeah, we're all looking forward to it. And I th I'm really excited. It's going to be fantastic, I know. Yeah, I hope so. Well, we want to thank you guys uh, for joining us uh, today, taking time out of your busy Sunday schedules. Sure, of course. Thank you for having us, and uh, look forward to seeing you guys at PowerCon. Oh, and yeah. If you could find a way to grease some palms and... I know some people have asked if we're going to have a panel up there, but let's see what we can uh, do to at least hang out with some people and find a meetup spot. Awesome. awesome. Fingers crossed. Well, guys, so I'm I'm just really excited for the the documentary. Those guys were great. Totally. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I mean, if you've watched the the Ninja Turtle documentary they did, it kind of gives you a, an idea of you know, the level of quality that's going to go into this is going to be pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm def I watched the Nintendo one. Um, I'm looking forward to checking out the Ninja Turtle one, uh, especially I like Ninja Turtles on a, like a level if you had to rank them more so than like Nintendo. Um, so I, I think that will be pretty interesting uh, viewer. Yeah. Viewing. Yeah. I was very pleased. I just I bought it off of Amazon like as soon as I heard about their Kickstarter because I just wanted to see kind of what they were about what to expect and i'm not a huge turtle fan as i mentioned but it was really really interesting oh and i love that they're gonna they're doing well they already have a couple out because i did watch them the chasing grayskull episodes they're the behind the scenes stuff mm -hmm. um so i'm sure those will be kicking back up you know what i mean soon with the kickstarter goal met and everything so like they mentioned and uh i think it's going to be fun that we're going to get to watch basically kind of the process uh continuing forward a real a real nice way to be interactive with us us fans. Woohoo! And they did uh, want to mention, because they did mention briefly, um, PowerCon. I'm hoping that everyone's going to be at PowerCon 
uh, this year. And if you are, make sure to say hello to Katie and I, who will also be there. And I might even be the person that scans your ticket in, <laughs> as I always do. <laughs> so, um, so you know, don't mess with me, though. I might hold the key to your exclusives <laughs> that you purchased. <laughs> what? You wanted a red beast man? Tough. Tough. <laughs> Tough. I, I, ac- oh, I, lo- I lost all of those red ones. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe you could ask a friend in line. They bought an extra. <laughs> I don't know where yours is. <laughs> I'm super excited for PowerCon. That's going to be so much fun. Oh, absolutely. And the um, uh, they showed the three PowerCon exclusives, the Red Beast Man, Green Mini Comic, uh, Granamere, and uh, Camo Con at Toy Fair. Um and they looked fantastic. Uh, I got to see pictures of them. Um, and if you did not get your pre-orders in through us, so through PowerCon, you can still pre-order our remaining stock on BigBadToyStore.com. Just go to their website and search for PowerCon um, and make sure to pre-order them there. They will not last much longer. Um, so I thought they were pretty cool exclusives uh, myself, uh, uh, especially CamoCon. I love CamoCon. So. Yeah, he was probably my favorite of the three. But he, it was just because he looked cool. It's not because I liked where he came from or anything. Because I don't even know where he comes from. <laughs> <laughs> it was a toy variant that had like the camo. Gotcha. Uh, from the classic line. But Red B, obviously the other two are from the mini comics. Um, and I actually kind of like Grandamere and Green, even though, you know, me, <laughs> Filmation. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he does look good in green. He's kind of yeah, like Pete's dragon, but with attitude. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> That's kind of like, um, that sounded like the opening of Power Rangers when you said that. I was like, with attitude. <laughs> <laughs> Teenagers with attitude. Yeah. <laughs> Pete's Dragons with attitude. <laughs> Which, good points everyone making here. Pete's Dragon is getting a movie. Power Rangers is getting a new movie. Give me my He-Man movie, Sony. Right. Amen, brother. Yeah. We keep hearing these rumors. And they keep seemingly getting closer and closer, and then nothing. Well, they had the supposed director, Mick G, was taking pictures with He-Man toys and stuff, so Did I... you say it as Mick G? Yeah, Mick G. That's I've what been I... calling him MCG. Oh, like MC Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just Perhaps. watched Fuller. <laughs> um, yeah, Mick G is how I thought it was said. Oh, I thought it was MCG. Maybe it is. <laughs> I don't I, know. To be fair, I'm usually wrong, so you're probably right. <laughs> hmm. How is it I capitalized? Wonder... It's M. It's M, then little C, then big G. Yeah, oh, I would that, probably that go Mick G like too. G. Yeah. Well, his oh yeah, it's it's Mick G because his real name is Joseph McGinty. Uh, so Mick G, I would think. Though, no, make it an idiot out of myself. <laughs> no, though, I'm kind of liking MCG. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not changing it now. I think he should go with it. <laughs> MCG, directing the He-Man movie. <laughs> <laughs> MCG. <laughs> I hope we have this much fun at the midnight screening we're invited to. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'll be like shouting, MCG, MCG over here, MCG. I'll be like, no, man, you're not coming in. You forgot my name. <laughs> Come on, MCG, that was in the past. Yes, so in the past. And then his limousine would drive past me and splash me with water. <laughs> oh, I guess uh, we should we should say that um, before we leave, Hello to Josh. Josh couldn't be here today for the recording of this episode. We didn't fire him or lock him up in a dungeon. <laughs> this time. <laughs> Speak for yourself, John. Oh. <laughs> oh, he's fine. Oh. <laughs> we miss you, Josh. Hi. Someone dropped their microphone. That was me. <laughs> I thought he was letting Josh out of the dungeon. I thought I'd away with it. <laughs> well, with that... <laughs> <laughs> professionalism yes we're very professional i just think we like to have a lot of fun <laughs> that we do a lot of fun um yeah so anyway thanks for listening to masters cast and you probably already subscribed to us on itunes or download us from masterscast.com or our friends with us on facebook since we've just been around so gosh darn long <laughs> Thanks for sticking with us. I'm John Callis, also known as The Shadow. I'm Katie Carty Hiley, also known as Rainbow Bright. I am Martin Penny, also known as Wacky Martin. I am Leanne Hanna, also known as Stratus Maca. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro. <laughs> <laughs> I was ready after the tres, but then you threw in the cuatro and you just messed it all up for me. <laughs> <laughs> a one, a two, three. That's from Alice in Wonderland. I thought it was the Tootsie Pop Owl. <laughs> the Pop. Oh, it is the Tootsie Roll Pop. It's the Owl. It's the Owl. Why? Well, I was thinking it was that. Um, it was. Oh no! You know what I'm thinking of? That who? Ah. Oh, that's a cat. Yeah, that's a caterpillar. <laughs> yeah, that's the caterpillar. Oh, I like being the Tootsie Roll Pop person. That's funny. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Please edit that out. <laughs> no. I think it's kind of cute. I refuse. <laughs> um, okay. One, two, three. <laughs> Good. 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 I'm going to cross everything. Fingers. <laughs> Brain. Brain. I tried that one. It doesn't work out too well. <laughs> I'm assuming I'll do my man yoga in advance. I'll be <laughs> what, are we done already? I thought we were just getting warmed up. I thought that was like the pre-show.